Thanks for listening to the First Presbyterian Church of San Francisco Sermon Podcast. We pray it is a blessing to you and that it brings glory to our Heavenly Father. You can learn more about us by visiting us online. Just go to www.firstpresbyteriansf.org. Our reading today is from Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 through 12. We read the first five verses as part of our call to worship. Let's read God's word together. Seek the I am while he can be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the I am so he may have compassion on him. To our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the I am. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bud and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish that which I purpose. It will succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you will go out in joy and be led out in peace. The mountains and the hills will break out in singing be front of you, and all of the trees of the field will clap their hands. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God for this word. Well, welcome. Uh, and uh, we're looking this morning uh, at uh, Isaiah chapter 55 and, and uh, about God's thoughts, God's ways, about what God thinks and what we think. And recently, uh, we've been, uh, I don't know if you've been paying attention to physics news, I don't know how many geeks we have of that caliber, nerds we have of that caliber, but particle physics has been going through quite a revolution lately. Uh, there's been a discovery of an unforeseen particle spin. Now, I, I barely understand these concepts myself when I'm being introduced to them and reading about them, but it, it means that there's a whole new world of physics that we did not suspect. It means that the standard model of subatomic particles is wrong. At least that's what it's looking like now. And, and that's got everybody in a fever pitch because it means we still don't understand the basic structures of reality. And there's more to discover. And so that's got everybody kind of in a, in a frazzle about how the muon is spinning and everything. But, but you know, there's been a lot of talk like this. If you, if you spend some time uh, listening to lectures, uh, uh, there's, a, there's a group of physicists who, who use the, word, the name God a lot when they're talking about Finding the ultimate equation that opens up the universe, that explains every fundamental force, including gravity. And if they could do that, some physics, phys physics people will, professors and, and thinkers will talk about thinking God's thoughts. Yeah. Which is, I think, kind of trippy, kind of amazing, kind of a, an amazing project that these men uh, are engaged, these men and women are engaged in. 
And uh, you may have heard recently the Higgs boson uh, particle a couple of years ago. It was called the God particle, and and the God equation was another was another lecture that I listened to. And and and, and anyway, these are ideas to unlock the riddles of reality and physics. Because right now, as we look at the smallest scale and at the largest scale, we are discovering so much about the universe that we simply don't understand. And I think that's a great lead-in, isn't it? To uh, That's simply in the physical and material world. A great lead-in into the concepts and the ideas that are so rich here in this text. And what, what ideas am I talking about? I'm talking about the idea that God's thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. I don't know if you heard that again and again. That was one of the it's one of the deepest themes of this particular text, and it's all over the Bible. It's Job thirty eight, uh, Isaiah forty, uh, and and uh, some of the readings this week in the you know, that will come out in the newsletter take us some of those directions. But but yeah, this idea that God's thought God does not think the way you and I think. And uh, his thoughts are not like ours. And that's what we're going to look at today, how that is true and how the scriptures teach it and why it's so important. Because we're beginning a, a, a series now, an investigation to knowing God and what is God is like and what is knowing him like and how do we know him. And the first thing we're looking at is God's thoughts simply are of a different scale, a different scale of nature than ours. They are higher. You see, it's three times in verse nine that has the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways. So are my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Both the ways of God and the things he does and the way he even thinks are of some different scale than you and I, a different nature, a different type than you and I think. And this right out the gate is, is, has to be understood if you wish to know this God, if you want to know about Jesus, if you want to know, if you want to know spiritual life. And it's, it's this humble place we first come to God where we, we realize that our mind and our ability, our analysis and our logic all fail to truly know him as he is. His thoughts, his ways, his, his thinking itself is on a scale. Now, the, the, what kind of scale is it on? Well, it, it's interesting to me the scriptures are, are this clear because we, we know that what this means more than the ancients did. The ancients would talk about, look at the heavens are higher than the earth, as the heavens are higher than the earth. Now, the ceiling there, that ceiling of blue that I can see in the sky, is a number of miles high, right? And that's, and then when, when at night I can see, the, I can see uh, light years away, I can see uh, millions upon millions of miles. Now, that, they didn't even know that. I mean, Isaiah wouldn't have had a cosmology that would have informed him about the scale or age of the universe, would he? But here he is saying, uh, under inspiration by the Holy Spirit, that God's ways are higher, as high as the heavens are above the earth. And I'll tell you, that's why I started with the physics question. Because right now, we get, we get for a moment, the scale of the observable universe, some 93 billion light years across. A scale and a size with trillions of galaxies. We live in a universe so vast and ancient, our minds cannot get around it. That's how much higher. You see, in some way, because we're, we're, we're so much 
we, we know so much more than Isaiah knew, we can take verse 9 here and now see what it really means. We can explore its depths with new wonder and new awe, with a new sense of amazement. Has this God spoken to us, the God who made all these things? Yes, that's what this text is saying. And, and the fact that what the, what the physicists struggle with and what we ourselves wonder and are amazed at in, in terms of scale is, is a hint. You and God are not thinking the same way. <laughs> they don't think on the same scale. You don't think in the same thoughts. You're not thinking in the same fashion. Wow. Humble your heart and your mind before this God. I, it's right off the gate. It's just his thoughts are nothing like ours. Praise him. And so just in, just in terms of their very kind, and why is this such an important thing for us to see, a certain important thing for us to come to grips with? Because we live in the age of the designer of designer religion. In other words, you fabricate a religion you like. You, I don't know if you, um, I don't know if this is still a thing, uh, but I remember when my kids were younger, there was a store at the mall called the Build-A-Bear Workshop. I don't know if you ever saw this thing. I, I don't want to embarrass my boys. Well, now I'm like on this, uh, as you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't even know who, who I was talking about necessarily, but one of my sons liked the Build-A-Bear Workshop. I can't remember which one. And, um, and, but the Build-A-Bear Workshop was this, it was a, a shop where you go in and you could pick all the different fabrics and you could pick all the different outfits and you could, and you could pick what stuffing was going to go in your bear, what kind of heart it was going to have. <laughs> And what kind of and what kind of things were going to be inside it? What it was stuffed with, and and what it wore, and and what its eyes looked like. You, you could build a bear, your own precious little bear. And and uh, and this is a it was a great novelty, a great idea, but but and, and it really worked for a while, right? Kids love this. But somehow we took that idea and we have we have taken it into Christianity, or we've taken it into religion, religious ideas, and we tend to think. That God, that that that, that, our, that the, the ideas of God or the Bible here in our, here in our Bible is a, is is a, is a is a build a God workshop, right? It's a build a God workshop, and I, oh, I like this text right here. I'm gonna make, I'm gonna include this one. Oh, but you know this stuff over here about sexuality, I don't like that as much. And oh, you know, I I don't. Oh, I like this one. God is love. Oh, God's gonna judge the world. Oh, I don't know if I like that. And then all of a sudden. This idea that God's ways that, we, that are so exalted are being described as so other, as so majestic, as so amazing, as so much loftier than ours on a scale that beggars the mind. Can you see how offensive this is? This build a God idea? We must repent. We must turn from it. We must run from this idea of building a God because building a God is not what we were, what we were, what we were told to do. It's not what we're permitted to do. It's not treating his ways with the kind of majesty and greatness that he is himself is telling us about. So what should we do? Well, right out of the gate here, then, is a challenge for us to pivot. Forsake, what does he say? Let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the I am. What's this word return? It means to do a U-turn, to turn around. It means to turn, to, to pivot. It means repent. Repent of your judgment and weighing of God's words. Repent of this attitude where you take God's ideas and you weigh them. And you go, well, I know, I, I think I like that one. I'm going to take that. Any approach to God or his, or his words or, or the Bible that way denies the greatness of his thinking, the greatness of his thoughts, you see. 
We are not permitted to weigh God and decide what we do and won't, don't want to do. Well, what, what is our proper response to God's word? Forsaking our ways, forsaking our thoughts. Now, this first challenge I want you to see, this first, the first way you should understand this, is it's, it's, a, it's a challenge to the whole person. Do you notice that? Forsake his way, the things he does. Forget, forsake his thoughts, the things he thinks. God is looking for total transformation of our person as we fall before him in his ways and his thoughts. Do that today. Repent with all you are. Don't stop giving God part and taking back part of your life. We are called to surrender. And there's a surrender of the whole person that's being described here that you and I need to come. We need that work of the Spirit today. We need a surrender of our mind, a surrender of our heart, a surrender of our decision-making process about what we do with our bodies, what we do with our money, what we do with our tongues, and why we spend our time. Let the Lord do this work and let us turn now, pivot, as it were. And what, how, what is this pivoting action? I want to quote uh, our, our wonderful Yao Li again. It's not even so much the wickedness or the unrighteousness that you turn away from, but it's not as important what you turn away from as what you, you turn to. Turn to the I am. Return. Some of you, it's a return because you've been wandering in your heart and your affections and your mind and your imagination. You've been wandering into bad places and bad things. Return. Turn. Pivot now. And you notice the pivoting always has these two parts. It's a leaving the unrighteousness ways and the unrighteous thinking and having every thought now held captive to God, turning to him. Praise him. His ways are not our ways. Now, so right out the gate, this is this is the first challenge, right? It's the first challenge is in a sense to humble your mind and your and your attitude before a mighty God. His ways are not like ours. Now, that may lead a question though, right? You might that might arouse a question in you like this. Well, Chris, if his ways are not our ways, what use are his ways? I mean, let's be fair about this. Let's let's put the challenge out there. If his ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts, then how are they useful to us, right? How, how, can, they be, how can they be useful to you and to me? Well, the text, the, the, this beautiful text in Isaiah, this, this beautiful poetic per sermon that, that, that is here, really goes right here and goes right to this next question. So his ways are of a different kind than ours, but they're also of a different, of a different type. They have a different weight to them. Let's take a look here. Let's take a look. And how his ways are not our ways. How are they not our ways? It will not return. So my word, go, the, the, so that my will be my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to be empty. It will accomplish what I per purpose. It will succeed in the thing for which I sent it. If you are a little more uh, experienced in Christianity, you may have heard this said a slightly different way. My words will not return to me void. That's the old King James. And that's a great, great translation of this, by the way. They will not return to me void, empty, without power. So what, how, how is it then, if God's thoughts and ways are of a different kind, part of that different kind, part of that makes them so different, is that they get stuff done. Uh, what, let's compare that. Uh, uh, let's compare it to an expression we've all heard. Talk is cheap. I've heard that. It's something humans say to one another. Why do we say that to each other? Because we all know we can talk, we can say a lot of words, we can say a lot of things, 
but that doesn't mean anything for us. Our words are not like that. Our words are simply things that we, we, we can tailor or we can, or we can change or we can modulate in order to please people, right? And in the end, we can talk a lot and nothing happens of it. You've heard the expression, money talks, but talking walks, right? And come on, talk is just talk and talk is cheap until God speaks. <laughs> you know, my talk is cheap until I'm talking and speaking the words of a God. Then everything's off. And what's being described here is God's words. This is kind of remarkable. I want you to have a sense here that God is saying, my word is, I'm struggling to get an idea, my word is radioactive, as it were. Like if this pen was radioactive, you wouldn't appear to be radioactive. But if I have it in my hands, it would be radiating uh, a poison that would hurt me, right? And I wouldn't even see it. I wouldn't know it. But, but it, would be, it could be hot and I wouldn't know it. And God's word is like this. Wherever he goes, it has an effect, an unseen, un, 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 uh, often um, unperceived at first or often uh, uh, unrealized and unappreciated, but constant effect on the person who hears it. This is, this is I remember, and this is an invitation now into God's words, you see, into, into, into everything God says. Weird, weird to, um, and, and what, what he does here is, look, look what he does. Look, look what he says. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and does not return but wood of the earth, making it bud and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my, be my word. What is God saying about this idea that I use of radioactivity? What, what, what's God saying? My words obey a natural law. My words are as real as the physics of water and, and how and, and the ecological system that we can perceive and we know feeds us. This, the, the cycle, the, the, the ecosystem and the ecological cycle of rain, fall and the plants, that feeds us. And God is saying, look at my creation. Look at the wonders of the internal mechanics of, of nutrition and you'll get it. That's what my word's like. My word is like a natural law. Wherever it goes, it has an effect. It, it, it cannot help it. God's words are never cheap. They are always going out to do things and to accomplish things. Wow. And, and nowhere is this more true in the, than, than, than in the code name for Jesus in the book of John. What's the code name that, that John uses in the beginning of his, of his wonderful gospel? He calls Jesus what? The Word. In the beginning was the Word. Christ, you know, in other words, why is the Bible, why is this Bible, why do we claim such mighty things for it? The fact, the idea that its letters have a mystical power to, to fill you and change you. Because this reveals Jesus, the Son of God. This reveals God himself and the availability of his love. This, this is, this is, you need to get this in you. Think about that. And the, 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 what the premise here then that continues on, I think of Psalm 119, I have hidden my, your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. In other words, when we get the word of God in us, this idea of hiding the word of God is memorizing. It's taking in the power of Almighty God. Let me put it this way. If you don't read your Bible, you're, you're just foolish. You, what you're doing is you're choosing to live, in, and you're like, I, I don't believe in the physics of, of, of God's presence. 
I don't believe in the physics of God's words and what they do. And God is saying, no, what you're doing is you are checking out of my natural progression, my natural speaking. You should be in this daily. Uh, you should, you must be in this daily if you would know this God. Uh, I remember one of my, one of my, one of my um, hobbies as working on cars. I like to work on cars, and I really enjoy sports cars and things like that. Years ago, I've had several times friends actually give me give me gifts like that, and I've always, I've always loved them, right? But one of the fun things about a sports car is getting the right octane in it. In other words, the higher the octane, uh, the, the better the engine works, the better the engine sings. That And and, and really high-performance cars, high-performance engines, develop, work better with a higher-octane gasoline because the burn, the burn is so much cleaner. And that octane is actually not available in uh, California. But if you go to a racetrack, a racetrack right up in Sonoma, you can pull in and you can get the high-octane gas. They, they have it available for sale. It's absurdly expensive. But but uh, that's what I'm talking about the Word of God is. It's high-octane fuel. It's the highest octane for your dollar. It's what will get you performance. And this is why memorizing God's Word, we, you could memorize, my word goes out of my mouth, verse 11, it will not return to me empty. You could memorize that in the space of time of which I'm speaking. And if you do, it will burn in you brightly with power because his word can't help it. Uh, this is a reclaim. This is a re this is why by the way, we we are preaching every week out of God's word. That's why our worship has is drenched and filled every part, almost every part with God's words. Why? Because God's word is what does this. This is why I always preach from this. This is why I have this absurd hope that I could get here and tell you about what God has said and it will change things. Why? Why would I dare to think that? Because I'm clever? No, absolutely not. It is not my cleverness. It is because I am speaking the words of God. I'm telling you, I'm inviting you now. Never wish misworship just for this reason. Fill up with the word of God. In the morning, turn to some simple scripture, just one verse a day. If you can't manage to get your heart into and motivation into, into really seeking God's word out, just read a verse a day then. I, I, I plead with you. I urge you because you're not seeing transformation because you're not in God's word. Because God's word works like this, and it reveals Jesus to you and to me. Get it in you. Get it in you. Isn't there, I got to get it, get it in me? Get it in you. Isn't there a song that says that? Get it in you now. And because this means transformation, but it gets even better. You know what? We're just scratching the surface here. So I just, I've missed my argument so far. God's words, God's ideas and thoughts and ways are not like our ways. They're of a different kind. And the scale of the universe is telling you, do not judge God's words anymore. Accept them. Do not go to them critically. Listen to what the God of the universe says to you and receive it uncritically and trustingly. But do that. Why? Why should you do that? Because when that word is in you and in your life on a daily basis, it will lead to transforming power. It can't help it. Just like the water waters the earth and brings food to my mouth. That's what God's word will do for you and through you. But it gets better. There's a, there's a deep way his ways are not like our ways. A very deep way. I don't know if you've, you've already seen it in the text. Because the text is dripping with something beautiful. Because his words are not like our words in this very, very powerful way. Not only are they eternal, not only are they words of power, they're words of love. 
Hey, all right, look, 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 look at the look at the because here. Uh, well, the words of law. Uh, before I get to that, the, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, my thoughts are not like yours, and my words go out of my mouth will not return. It will succeed for the thing which I said. Look at verse twelve. Because you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. What's the result of a powerful word, radioactive with holiness and power, present in your life? What does it deliver? Well, it delivers the promises and love of God. It delivers his invitation. It delivers his abundant, overflowing pardon. And it delivers hope. <laughs> That's and. This, this is why his words aren't like ours. Well, that, get, follow me here. Follow me here. Uh, what would your words be if folks never listened to you? What would your words What would your words be to people who ignored everything you said? What would your words What would your words be uh, with people who took your took your uh, advice and opinions and and did the exact opposite? <laughs> you would not have kind words for such a person, would you? His ways are not our ways because he answers our rebellion. He answers our, our rejection. He answers our, our insensitivity. He answers the way we don't even care to pick up his word. He answers our indifference with what? Love. He answers it with invitation. First thing about God's love is it invites and it keeps inviting. Look at the invitation. Seek the I am. Call on him while he's near. <laughs> Praise him. Look at this. What's the first, out the, out the gate, the first way that God, what's the first word coming that's not of our type, not of our kind, not of our universe even? Come on. Seek me and call on me. <laughs> oh, praise him. Today is the day for you to seek him. Now notice, notice today is the day. Why? Because there's a while here, right? The fact that you're hearing my voice and that this will be published and that people will be able to hear it in the future and you can hear it now is, means that he can still be found, right? He is still near. There's a time window. <laughs> you can see there's a time window that collapses here. He now is the moment of salvation. Today is the day for you to take the word into your life, into your heart, and hear the invitation to come to God. I hope you hear it in, in, the, in the soul's deep, deepest recesses, in the soul's deepest cry, that this, this God is king, this, and this invitation is coming what? It's coming from beyond the scale of heavens and earth. That's how his words are not our his ways are not our ways, right? His thoughts are not our thoughts. This is a thought coming out of coming out of eternity. Come with me, he says. Come with me into my eternal life. Come to me in my eternal blessing. Come to me and be a one with me, says the Lord. Oh my invitation. So first the first thing we want to see about invitation is there is a time mark on it. You're come to him today. And the second thing I want you to see about this invitation is, it's coming from God's heart and nothing will take it away while you're still on this earth. You're being invited. We should then too be inviting people. Remember, we began our worship with this. Uh, this is the characteristic of the people of God. We become like our Father as His Word is in us. And what happens? Our lives, our, our friendship, our, our conversations, what? Constant invite. Come on. Seek the I am. Seek Him. Call on Him. While he can be found, while he is near. You see, his words are not like ours, are they? His thoughts are not our thoughts. He invites those who reject him. What an amazing God. What's the second feature of this beauty? Abundant pardon. <laughs> abundant pardon. This word for abundant right here, if you see it, this word for abundant is the word for locusts. <laughs> 
which is kind of funny. Have you ever seen a swarm of bugs covering something like a bunch of ants? There's, it's almost kind of frightening. But the idea here is that is the word for abundance is the same word for locust. It's the idea of God's going to swarm you with pardon, <laughs> which I think is just charming. Not just charming, not just charming and disarming and inviting. Remember, these are the words coming from where? These words, these are words are, that are beyond human thoughts, right? This is the idea that I will pardon those who rebelled against me and hated me, and I will pardon them again and again and again and again and again. It's persistent, constant, available, rich, overflowing pardon. It's a pardon that covers everything that you are. Praise him. I, golly, guys, these are words from eternity, you see? These are words of power. Get this word in you. Memorize that little phrase. Memorize this verse even as we're sitting here. Get these ideas in you because they are ideas that change us. And the idea is that release us into worship and awe and praise because we have a God whose ways are nothing like ours, who advances with and gives us abundant pardon. Stop thinking about all the failures of the past. God has swarmed them in his love. Think that for, you know, I know you have memories of things you did and things you said that you shouldn't have done. God knows them too. He has swarmed them with his love. <laughs> are you covered with this? Are you hearing it? Are you fearing the invitation? Are you feeling the desire to return again? Are you? F it gets better. It gets better. His thoughts are not our thoughts because he invites from eternity past and he loves us. His thoughts are not our thoughts because he abundantly pardons. He pardons and swarms us with pardoning love. But his thoughts are not our thoughts and that he gives us hope. This, the, the, he says it will succeed in the thing for which I sent it. You see that? And why? Why is that so important? Because you will go out in joy. I don't know if you, I, I, when this is actually, there was a, there's a song that has a, a very uh, kind of a Hebrew kind of patient. You will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. I remember that song for some reason. The mountains and the hills will break out before you. This is beautiful. All of a sudden, at the end of this, at the end of this text in verse 12, we are introduced to incandescent, bright, shining, beautiful, descriptive hope of God leading us out with joy and going forth with peace. And, and there's an image here. I don't know if you remember this from, I wonder if the animators of early, uh, early cartoons like Warner Brothers cartoons, Bugs Bunny, I remember it has this kind of thing, old, old Mickey Mouse. But you'll see the you'll see the character walking along, but the, and, and he's happy. Let's say the character's happy. Let's say Mickey Mouse is happy, or Bugs Bunny's happy. And a part of their happiness is you can see in the background the hills are jumping, and and trees are going like this. And there's this there's this raucous explosion of joy from creation. And and the animators trying to show you what. When you're happy, the whole world seems happy, right? There's this idea, and those animators of those early cartoons. They were, they knew a lot of knew their Bibles. They were raised in churches and would have heard these images before. They're from the scripture. And the idea is we are being invited into the raucous celebration of creation in the hope of the restoration of the king. His ways, his thoughts, his desires, his plans, his purposes in time and space are nothing like ours. 
We talk about recycling and recology. We're going to reclaim and recycle the earth and rebuild it. And we can't. We, 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 we can't do anything because our, the corruption and pollution of our lifestyles is it so far outpaces every attempt we are making. We can't even get plastics out of our water anymore. We are, we are, and, and, but then God is saying, I have ways and thoughts that are greater than that. Enter my hopes. You will go out in joy and be led forth with peace. This is, this is, this is a promise from the king. Set your mind and your hope and your thoughts on this. Such a God, such a Savior, such a Lord. Glorious transformation and hope are being presented to you in God's ways and thoughts. I, I get so excited about this. I, and, you know, it's funny. I, this is, as I was kind of coming down to the end of this, I don't know if you've ever heard of a doctrine. It's an old doctrine, an old teaching that God, God, God makes us come to him through irresistible grace. Have you ever heard of that expression, irresistible grace? The idea is, is that uh, God is almost, it's a way of describing God as like a beautiful, beautiful woman or a beautiful man, whatever you find beautiful, right? And, and, and when we look upon somebody who's really, really attractive, our eyes are drawn to them. Our eyes, we want to see them. We want to see the movies they're in. We want to see the, we, we just, we're drawn. We, 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 we watch the movies of our favorite actors and actresses because something about the way they, they look and act and, and portray themselves just draws us. We want to see it. Well, I think God is the same way. And, and I think one of the first, right off the gate, by him saying that my thoughts are greater than your thoughts, it's compelling to me. It's saying, come and worship this God. This God's worth worshiping. He's not a creation of your mind. You are, you are unsubmission to him. He's amazing. Then when I find out that that word is not merely lofty and higher, but it has power. It has a, a radioactive holiness that transforms the one who takes it in. Wow. But then it gets even better. It gets even more lovely. It's an introduction, an invitation into pardon, an invitation into joy, an invitation into peace, an invitation into the wild party of creation at the celebration of its God. <laughs> do you feel drawn? I know I do. Do you feel drawn again to want to know this God? Do you feel drawn irresistibly? Well, that's because the Holy Spirit's here. You're feeling the call of the Holy Spirit. This is what, so this is how do we respond to all this, this whole text today? Come to God, humble your mind and your heart to never judge his words, and accept the offer of pardon and invitation into all his joy and peace. Why? Because when you do that, this word will enter you, and you will never be the same. Now, now, I want all of you on this call, let's start going out and sharing this word and invitation and this love with others. And let's not worry about whether they're going to like us or think about it or they're, they're going to think of this God. Let's simply put God's love out there, put his words out there, because he will irresistibly draw people. He will, he will reveal himself and his love, and he will reveal himself to be someone that people are just going to go, I want to see him. I want to see everything he's in. I want to know what he has to say, and they'll be irresistibly drawn to his beauty and his love, irresistibly drawn by the way the mountains and hills will clap hands, breaking out and singing, trees clapping hands, and you will enter. If you will give your life to Christ today, you will enter the raucous song of joy and glory that's happening with those trees right now. It happens with my little puppy. It's happening when we worship together as a church. 
I guess in the end, when I finally realized what it means for God's ways to not be my ways and for God's thoughts to not be thought my thoughts, I am just thankful because it's, it's so much better than my thoughts in every way. Praise him. Let's pray. Dearest Father, I, I hope that you have spoken today and you will continue to speak and you, Holy Spirit, will take these words and, and burn them like hot, 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 joyful life for all of us. And, and that we would see that, that you're a God beyond our comprehension. You're a God and we can't challenge or weigh your words. What have we been doing? Forgive us every time we've done that. We repent and return to you now. And we ask for your word to have great power in us, Father. And let your word have great power to comfort, to, to uh, inform, to awaken, to bring love. And Father, thank you for inviting us again. Thank you for this standing invitation. Teach us to, to seek you while you're here near and while you can be found. Uh, we, we thank you for an abundant pardon that, that, that covers everything we are, everything we have done, everything we have been, everything we have said. And we praise you for an even bigger invitation into the, into the joyful, exultant song of, of the mountains and the hills and the trees. Oh, Father, uh, that's a beautiful, beautiful picture, and we want to be a part of it. Uh, help uh, as we come to this table now, as we come and continue in worship, give us new bold hope that your son's words are life for us now. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen.